Today on Top Gun Podcast, I have a very special guest who goes by the name of Jackson Hayes. He's a videographer, cinematographer, and photographer. We share a mutual bond over moment lenses. And this was a long overdue chat. Jackson and I connected God knows how long ago, and we've been trying to make this happen for a while now. It's definitely been my fault. My schedule has been all over the place. I really thank Jackson for taking the time out of his day to have this conversation. We chatted all about smartphone filmmaking and the future of smartphones as a content creation device. Device. But without further ado, Jackson Hayes. We're live and recording. I'm recording on my end too. Sweet. Well, welcome to a long overdue appearance on Top Comment Podcast. <laughs> How are you, man? Been doing good. Um, just released a few uh, video what a couple days ago. That one felt good to finally get out. It's been a couple months in the making, so that was that was fun to finally release. Yeah, that's wicked. It seems like you got a lot of good traction on it too. A lot of people are really interested in the app. I was I get DMs constantly about it, whether or not you know it's worth it for the phone because the the price tag kind of gives people a little bit of sticker shock at first. Right. Um, if if people aren't familiar, actually, do you want to just really quickly overview the video we're talking about? Oh yeah, so I made a video um, about how to use this app called Halide on iPhone. Uh, so basically what Halide is, is a manual camera app that, uh, in my opinion, is kind of one of the best out there just in terms of design and functionality and all of that. And uh, yeah, so I made a little video about that and uh, yeah, went out two days ago. Yeah, yeah, which actually is a pretty good segue because today we're talking all about smartphone content creation. I was thinking about this all day, just sort of going into the conversation, like what we should kind of focus on, because it's a bit of a loaded topic, the more you think about it. Right. Because I, I think there's like two camps to it. There's this one camp that's like absolute purist. And you know, the early days of Instagram, where it was like, yeah, Instagram is meant for like, using your phone. So using your phone to take pictures and video is totally cool. And then there's yeah. this other side of it that like has professional cameras like a seven threes and whatnot and GH fives that look at shooting with your phone as this sort of like, it's just not as good. And it's sort of like put on this lower pedestal, yeah. which is bizarre because like these phones just keep getting better. I would argue like since the five, the six, the seven, now, you know, eight, and now the 10, they're just fantastic cameras that I think that we're sort of like sleeping on as like a content creation culture. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely interesting because um, I've heard this one sentiment basically saying that you like, it's almost like cheating on Instagram. And maybe, and it was from this one podcaster, uh, Casey Liss, who, you know, admittedly is probably um, not as into the whole Instagram culture as some other people are. But, um, you know, he was like kind of wondering, is that cheating if, you know, I post photos from my big camera and all that. But um, I think these days now, at least on Instagram, it feels like at least the majority of what I'm following is taken on big, expensive cameras and stuff. And I don't mind it at all. I think that's kind of... Um, you know, it, it makes photos a lot nicer uh, overall. But then again, you know, you do have photos from uh, iPhone and things like that that are amazing that, you know, I don't think there necessarily needs to be one or the other on uh, Instagram, if that makes any sense. No, no, it definitely does. Because I, I think I originally I used to be a purist like that. And I kind of like prided myself um, of only using my phone back in the day. And then as you know, obviously, as like cameras got cheaper and whatnot, and my gear got better and better, it was sort of like, why wouldn't I use it if I have it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't I grab, you know, like one of my Canons or the GH5 or something like that? I have it. It is, you know, objectively better quality. So why not use it? But at the same time, I'm, I'm really into the idea of, 
you know, and I say this all the time, but it's like the least amount of barriers to creation. Right. And I right. feel like when I go out, you know, I just released that, that blog post today about traveling to Mexico with the, with the moment anamorphic on the iPhone 10. And it was sort of like, yeah, this got me creating more because I wasn't as focused on trying to lug around this big camera and lenses and all my, you know, SD cards and all this crap that was sort of like, I don't want to deal with it. And so I, I find myself more often than not, especially lately is just, as, I, honestly, ever since I got the pixels, actually, when I went to the Android and I just saw how good the cameras were, that actually just got me into like full blown smartphone mode. And now yeah. I feel like I'm at a bit of balance of the both. But now that I'm diving a little bit more into like moments anamorphic lens and whatnot and, and starting to get, you know, all the, the, the pros and cons, sorry, of the iPhone 10's camera, I find myself now being like, okay, screw it. I don't need the GH5. I don't need my Canon. I can literally just go out and shoot with my phone, but I still feel that sentiment. Do you know what I mean? I still feel like it's almost like the audience can tell, but I, I doubt they even can. It's more so probably just psychologically in my head. Right, right. And I think it definitely depends on the type of photography that you're doing because um, on one on one side of things, you know, it is very nice to have that phone that's just like in your pocket, you pull it out, take the photo or whatever. But then again, you, you miss out on a lot of like you know, shallow depth of field if that's what you're going for and things like that. So that's sometimes what makes, what kind of stops me from shooting on my phone all the time, although I am shooting a lot on my phone these days. But um, I think that's just kind of one thing that makes me kind of hesitant to always be shooting on my phone. Absolutely. And I think, you know, part of me always loves the challenge of, and I think this actually is funny we are talking about this because sometimes I feel like I use it as a bit of a crutch. And I think this is another sentiment towards the whole sort of like smartphone content creation side of things. It's like, it's kind of like this whole thing that's happened now. Like it was, it was edited on an iPad, right? But you've been able to do that for a while, but I feel like yeah. now it's like, Hey, I put this video out and guess what? I edited it on an iPad, but really does that make a difference on the content of the video itself? And I would argue the same thing with photography saying, yeah, I only shot it on an iPhone or only shot on a pixel, whatever it feels like you're even as a creator putting it on a different pedestal it's almost yeah. like you're telling the audience going into it to be like you know curb your expectations because right. this was just with a smartphone right 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 but we don't really do that often with actual cameras like you know you'd be hard pressed to tell a difference between an ADD and an a7 II or something like that yeah when we're just looking at it on Instagram right so I wonder, I always do wonder where it's like, and I think like companies like Moment are doing a good job of just like creating a culture that makes it cool to shoot on phones. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it as well. And all these apps that are coming out like Highlight and Dark Room and whatnot are really pushing the culture forward towards like they actually are professional tools. Yeah, totally. But I still, I still feel like, I don't know. And it's a big, it's a good point with the depth of field because I think that's mainly the biggest thing holding it back right now is that it is just until like portrait mode gets a bit better and whatnot and somehow it gets into video at some point too. I do think they're always going to be put in a bit of a lower class. I don't know if you kind of see that too happening. No, yeah, totally. Like I think what's funny is that the way when I, whenever I post a shot on iPhone or shot on Pixel or whatever type of photo, I'm not saying that in the hashtag in the sense of like, oh, you know, curb your expectations. It's more like, wow, this was actually shot on a phone and look how phones, how good phones are these days. Um, so I think it's definitely interesting when you do have that like, you know, tag or whatever, like hashtag shot on iPhone or whatever. It's inter it'd be interesting to kind of see what the overall reaction is to that if it's a oh this is shot on iphone or oh wow this is shot on iphone you know yeah that's that's what's so funny about it because it can be interpreted both ways and i've and i've worked with like very purist old school photographers that you know just look at it and be like oh that's just, you can't make photos with that it's just a toy right right and and i argue it's just like you know apple has billboards with these with these shots up and they're gorgeous they've they've done ads shot on on phones you know what i mean so it's yeah. like i don't understand the sentiment of making it negative i wish more people just sort of saw it as just like one more tool in the kit and they didn't even put 
put it in their mind of like, this one's worse or this one's better. Right. right. I think, I, I really think it has a place in every professional filmmaker's kit. You know, I was seeing, I saw a tweet from some guy that works for the BBC and they've started using it as a B cam in the field on interviews. Cause wow. you know, oftentimes they're out there and they only have like one, whatever, a C200 or a C300 on them. And they're like, you know, it'd be really nice if we had one more angle, if we wanted to chop this up and post for the interview. So they'll yeah. have like the, the PA or the production assistant just hold up an iPhone and literally <laughs> like he showed side by sides. And it's like, there's no way a mainstream audience would ever tell the difference, especially for broadcast. So it's like, you know, the, and, and even I filmmakers, like he's been doing a really good job of just like pushing it to the max, focusing specifically on the idea of like smartphone filmmaking. And totally. that part of the industry is like so exciting to me because it, it, for me, it's like no more excuses because we all yeah. like to use gear as the excuse oftentimes, right? It's like, right, you know, right. I need a new camera. I need a better lens. I need this. I need Final Cut or I need Premiere. I need this plugin or whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's like it still comes down to like, what's the idea and what's the, what's the story that you're creating, right? Right. And that's why it's like, I'm really excited about like what's happened with like Steven Soderbergh and High Flying Bird on Netflix. Like he's like shooting on an iPhone and he's the last person that needs to shoot on an iPhone. Like right. he has all the budget and the money and the resources to go shoot on an Ari or, or a Red or something. Right. But yeah. he's kind of going at it like, I want to shoot with the phone because yeah. it, it just opens up new possibilities for him. And at the same time, whether he's doing it consciously or not, it's pushing a younger sort of world of smartphone or even just kids that want to create being like, oh shit. Like, I don't need to go buy this $10,000 camera or even a $1,500 camera. The phone that my parents gave me on a contract is enough. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which and is like so super exciting. Yeah. But one thing about uh, Steven Soderbergh, it's interesting because I've seen people be like, oh man, he could, he should just, you know, get like the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera because that's going to produce a better image and all that. Totally. And I think they're misunderstanding what he's trying to do in that at least from what I understand, is that it's more of a, this is something literally everyone has, and we're making something this good off of that, uh, versus just, you know, it's a price thing or whatever. It's more of a, um, everyone has access to this type of camera. Absolutely. And I, and I agree. I think that's the most exciting part of this sort of like endeavor that he's been doing where he's like, I just want to start shooting things on phones. And I've, and I've seen interviews with him too, where he kind of dances around a little bit where people are like, you know, why do you use it? And for him, he actually says oftenly creatively, he finds that he's able to get shots. And I don't know if I fully agree with this. I'll have to wait to see the movie, of course, but mm -hmm. he, he says he can't get certain angles and shots that would be almost impossible with a traditional camera, which I'm even more interested in because it's like, I find you know, when we have these, uh, it's because it's so small and so light, you don't really have a limitation in place and time, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to like new styles of cinematography breaking through, we could be on the sort of like cusp of like a whole new aesthetic style of filmmaking because we're doing things with cameras that we never really could before because the sensors weren't as good, right? Like right. it's not to say we haven't had small cameras before, like even GoPro's been around for God knows how long, right? right. But we really haven't seen it break through into the mainstream sense of like, this is the only camera used to shoot something. Usually it's like, you know, a crash camera or something like that will be a GoPro. Right. But I think that like, I'm kind of interested to see people push it and maybe Soderbergh's the person to do it. But right now I feel, and I'm victim of this too. I'm using my phone as I would any other camera, right? Hmm. I'm not using it in a way that is like sort of like playing up the size of it and the sort of possibilities that come with it being so convenient, right? Whether yeah. that's putting in places that I normally wouldn't be able to put another camera, getting aspect, getting stuff that I just normally wouldn't be able to do because it's specifically based on size, right? 
And I, I haven't seen too many people sort of explore that territory with it, which is also something that's kind of, for me, the whole thing with phones is like, it's the most exciting thing anytime a new phone's coming up for me. Like I, I, I could care, I mean, obviously battery and all that kind of stuff matters, but it's like the first thing I care about is like, what are they going to say about the camera, right? Right, right, right. And it was also the big reason I ended up switching to the Pixel 2 when I had the 8 Plus, because I, I just kept seeing pictures from it. And I was like, oh my God, this is like nuts. And yeah. I really wanted to get into the whole computational photography side of things, which actually is a bit of an interesting segue. Do you see this sort of like everything that we get with phones, I keep thinking like, why hasn't Sony done something like what HDR plus is or smart HDR? Do you know what I mean? Right, it's like, right. why, aren't, it's why aren't they looking at it? It's crazy to me that that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, like what's funny is, oh, I don't know about the processing power difference between, you know, smartphones and cameras because obviously smartphones, they're a much, I'm guessing they're a much more powerful computer, but you'd think there'd still be a little bit of a push, at least in that direction of, you know, smart HDR, computational photography, things like that. But it's just been nothing. Yeah, it's, it's very bizarre because you see even something like Night Sight, right? And you know, yeah. like, like almost for a fact, iPhone will have some sort of answer for that in the next one. But it's like, yeah. You, you look at that and their whole thing, like, especially specifically with Apple, like Google has their way of sort of marking their camera and more, and it's more, it seems to be more to the masses where it's a little bit like, this is the best camera for everybody. Apple yeah. really likes to say it's a professional camera. You can tell like, it's always been like since portrait mode on the seven plus, it's like DSLR quality, totally, right? Totally. So I wonder why, you know, Canon, whoever, Sony, Panasonic, Nikon, Fuji, whoever isn't looking at that sort of they, uh, part of, as I say it out loud, it's like, they must, they must be. So the, it, it's interesting that it just hasn't really trickled down here yet. And it's like, it seems like 2019 won't be the year that that happens because pretty much most most stuff starting to be announced already right. and I, I for me it's like i would love to see more trickle up but it, maybe that doesn't happen until a company like apple starts to say like let's make cameras you know what i mean like is yeah. that where that sort of goes but yeah, i do think they're they're sort of missing the the boat with you know because you see tweets all the time people, especially sony users being like wow it'd be awesome to be able to get like night sight with an a7s2 or something because the thing's already right. crazy in, in low light right yeah it's very, it's very bizarre. And I, I do hope that this sort of like, I mean, the camera industry has s historically been a bit sluggish to sort of catch up with what's <laughs> happened with phones. So yeah. it's probably on the horizon. It's just interesting that like everyone that's shooting with them is like, oh God, I wish my $5,000 camera could do this. I wish my 1DX could do this or something, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy that it's the phone that's like getting us most excited about what's possible with, with cameras now. I wonder if a big part of it, of why these big companies aren't really pushing into the whole, you know, AI and computational photography is that they just don't have the know-how to do it because Google is, or for a long time, they've been really going down that whole AI route. And then, you know, more recently, you know, they've done the pixel stuff and kind of applying that AI. But I just wonder if, you know, Sony, Canon, Nikon, all these companies, they just don't really have the resources or, you know, the R&D yet to really release anything or even talk about anything in that realm. Absolutely. That, that has to be a thing. Cause you know, you see some of the behind the scenes specifically on like Google stuff with the pixel and it's like, you know, just the neural networks and all this kind of crazy, crazy stuff that they're doing. Like yeah. I highly doubt that people at Canon are doing similar things. Like they're working on the digit processors and whatnot, but I don't even think that was a thought for them you know, until this sort of, this tech sort of started coming out, you know, cause like nobody's, nobody saw even Google ever kind of taking the throne from Apple. Like for a long time, yeah. it was just like, Apple's the best camera. And, and it was a big part of the argument between Android and iOS. It was just like, totally. you know, I, I like Android, but you know, I, I prefer the camera on Apple. Like that was a big thing for me a long time. It was just like, I would like to go Android, but I just couldn't find a phone that had a camera as good as I was getting on my iPhone. And it wasn't until the Pixel, Pixel 2 that came out. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting. And it's sort of like, you know, 
then you think about all the accessories that are coming out now. Like we, you and I have been pushing moment stuff like quite a bit specifically. We've yeah. definitely been bonding over the, the anamorphic. And I think the anamorphic is a really interesting one because, you know, look, that's another thing is like moment lens have been out for a while now. Right. Yeah. We're already on like a version two of like their wides and, and the telephotos and all that kind of stuff. But it feels like the anamorphic of all the lenses I've owned from them. that one has the most attention from people that weren't ever really interested in moment beforehand. Have you noticed that? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I've definitely really been enjoying that lens a lot. Like it's pretty much the only lens I've been using, even though I have the wide and the telly. Uh, I just really like the look of the anamorphic. But then sometimes, like I think two days ago, I just started like kind of getting tired of it. So I, just, I popped on the 58 and it's actually currently attached to my phone right now on my desk. But um, yeah, I haven't personally noticed like a lot more interest um as compared to the others but you know there is definitely that interest um you know out there on the internet and all that but uh yeah it's definitely a cool lens yeah i think what's what's kind of cool about the whole moment side of things or like any sort of whatever it's the osmo 2 or, or anything you can sort of add on to these phones it's just like it feels like it's just telling people that like they can be used for more than just selfies and taking pictures of food and whatnot right the sort yeah. of like everyday joe user case scenario you know, a big thing what I what I learned while I was in Mexico is just like, and I mean this fully, it was like my most favorite sort of like travel camera setup that I've ever used, right? Wow. And because specifically because I just didn't have to carry anything, right? I literally had the lens in my pocket when I needed it, I would clip it on. If I didn't need it, it was sort of like in the background, I didn't even notice it. Whereas yeah. like every other trip I've been on, it's like I got a GH4 or a GH5 lugged around my neck the whole time. I'm sore by the end of the day. And then it's like a whole it's interesting even going into post-production it's like it's a whole, not to say that there's anything wrong with doing trip videos and travel stuff it's just like i found myself even more liberated in the content that i put out after because it was a little bit just like i enjoyed the trip more do you know what i mean i wasn't living yeah. through the lens i was actually living the trip whereas previously I've, I've always sort of lived through the camera on experiences right yeah it kind of goes back to like old school like casey nice that b map kind of things was just like let me just put this camera up and shoot something and not have to worry too much about it. But I still was able to share something. Right. 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 And, and like, that's an aspect of the whole phone side of things that I really love. And, and for me, even just like for street photography stuff, I've always said like my phone is my favorite street photography piece of equipment because it's literally just shoot from the hip. I just pull it out of my pocket. And I, a lot of the stuff I get just walking across streets and stuff is just totally blind shooting with the volume button on the shutter. Right. And I'm just hoping something right. sort of comes out, but it's like that I can't really do as much with my big cameras because again, I'll, certain places you can't even bring them first of all but also it's just like the again the ease of use is like my favorite thing about it yeah just having it like just being able to have it on you with the lens and it, just in the other pocket it's funny because i have my airpods and my anamorphic or the 58 in my right pocket and they just fit perfectly and then i can just pop out you know the the lens snap it on and take a photo and i think there's also that whole like people feeling more comfortable when you lift up your phone versus when you lift up your big camera with a giant lens on it. Um, Absolutely. I think Absolutely, it's just yeah. so much easier to shoot with. No, I, to I totally agree with that. If you could, here's a question. If you could think of like an accessory, whether it be a lens or something else for phone specifically now that you think would sort of push it over the edge, what would that be for you? Can you rephrase? I don't quite understand what you're asking. Yeah. So like say, say there was a lens that moment came out with that, like added like depth of field, you know what I mean? Like for without using half and use portrait mode and stuff like that. I know the tele right. can do that at, at times, but let's say they, they release a lens that's like equivalent of like an 85 mil so that when you do shoot video, there actually is some decent background separation. Like, would that be something you'd, you'd be like, okay, now this is getting real. 100%. I mean, uh, I would love for the, to, I would love to see from them some like different focal 
lengths for their anamorphic like if they kind of expanded that into like kind of a video series type of thing but even if it was you know a spherical type of lens i would love to see something with like some really really visible you know shallow depth of field that that would be really really awesome to see i totally agree with that jackson before i let you go do you have anything you want to plug um, my YouTube, uh, yeah, youtube.com slash Jackson Hayes. I do, I've currently been doing a lot of like mobile tech, but I'm kind of transitioning into more like filmmaking. So I'm using mobile filmmaking and photography as kind of that, uh, segue transition kind of material. So we've seen a lot more of that. And then also just like Twitter and Instagram, both at Jackson H visuals. So, yeah. Amazing Jackson. We got to keep this, uh, collaboration train going. Hopefully we can yeah, do a totally. video or something soon together. Yeah, that'd be totally fun. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure all your links are in the description of this podcast. And I appreciate you taking the time, dude. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, buddy. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Jackson. It's really interesting to hear his perspective on smartphones and how much it's aligned to my own. I think a lot of us that are creators who are making stuff with our phones all think it actually is a really great device for content creation, but there's this perception that we're all sort of trying to break through. Be interested to hear what you guys think about smartphones and whether they are a viable tool for content creation or if it's just a gimmick and it's just cool to say that you shot on your phone when you could have used an actual camera. You can chat with us on Twitter. My username is at I'm Patrick T and you can also get Jackson at Jackson Hayes. I've put all the links in the description. Make sure you go subscribe to everything you can that Jackson's doing. He's definitely in my top 10 for favorite creators right now. Top comment is hosted by me, Patrick Tomaso. I've actually now added this podcast to my website, so you can just go patricktomaso.com slash podcast and you can get all the latest episodes right there. But you know to subscribe on your favorite podcast app particularly the one you're listening to on right now. And if it's iTunes, leave a review because that always helps too. If you like the music in this episode of Top Comment Podcast, you can find music just like it on Musicbed. I get a little bit of money if you sign up through Musicbed, which helps me make more projects like this podcast and more videos. So use my link to subscribe to the Musicbed and you can get professional banger tracks for your projects. Once again, thank you to Jackson and thank you for listening. And you'll hear me next time I feel like talking. Cheers.